Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm Akemini. I'm Michelle. And I'm Christina. Welcome to the table, sisters. Hey. Hello. How y'all doing today? This is Michelle's favorite question. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to do my well. <laughs> it's sort of like a space filler for what am I going to say? Exactly. <laughs> um, I do have to say I have been enjoying um, some certain hashtags on Twitter. Yay. Um, Yay. Yes. And yet not what knowing hashtags? how to enter it. <laughs> The ones about things that we might hear as we work. Right. Yeah. Right. One or two one or two tweets really resonate. I'm in my <laughs> sitting reading my on my cell phone, like, ooh, I don't I don't want to share some of the things that I've heard. I don't think I would ever be able to stop. Oh, so, girl. But it is it's good to feel community from lots of people. You think you're alone, you think you're the only one who hears it, but I love how the moment that you started a Kimini and the Twitter, uh, the hashtag that you started is really, is really bringing us together, commiserating, um, Praise the Lord. but it's bringing out compassion too. So that's been good. Praise the Lord. I'm mm-hmm. glad the Lord was able to use my, my trigger to bless me. <laughs> <laughs> I was triggered y'all. I was triggered. I know it, girl. <laughs> how about you C? How you doing? I was thinking, you know, the Lord does, you know, the Lord does redeem trauma. That's really what the man, you know, he does. redemptive he does. trauma there. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, doing pretty good. You know, just um, the sun is shining. Praise yeah. the Lord. I mean, I need a lot of vitamin D in my Amen. life. And Girl, my mood too. really is impacted by the weather. I don't think I'm supposed to even really be living in, in this country, to be honest with you. <laughs> My skin is like, you got eczema, you can't breathe right, you know, it's just, I, I, I don't know if I belong here actually, but anyway, she was I'm made trying for to Canada. make it work. I'm trying to make, I know you know how I feel about Toronto. I love Toronto. <laughs> oh gosh. We know how she feels about Toronto. Help. <laughs> it's colder. I would not be also likewise, not, I'd have eczema there too. So that's probably not going to work there. I need to go further South, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, that's how I'm doing. It's a good day guys. And how about you, Miss Kimini? I'm good. Recovering from the trauma, from the, <laughs> the things only black Christian women hear. Hashtag. Mm-hmm. And I should have put a trigger warning on that. But as, right. like I said, I was triggered. So I just kind of kept going. And that's what happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, hey, praise the Lord that there was a space created for mm-hmm. black women. Uh, we always have to do this, you know. And so, right. um, so I was just glad that yeah, people were at least able to find some community um, in that. So yeah, I am good. I'm happy that we are recording. I Yay. love, love chopping it up with y'all because, you know, this is our, this is my, our group therapy, you know, so mm-hmm. this helps yep. me to get by. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so praise the Lord. So I am really excited uh, about the topic that's on the table today. So for, I don't know, I know y'all remember, but I wonder if our listeners remember, our first series was uh, What is Resistance? And the third installment of that series, we talked about um, Black motherhood or motherhood as resistance. Mm-hmm. So 
but and we were actually really talking about that in relation to Mariah Stewart. That's who Christina had um, propped up in that episode. And so we want to uh, revisit that in some measure in honor of Mother's Day that is quickly approaching. Yeah. We want to talk about yeah. black motherhood. So that is on the table today. So I want to ask you ladies, <laughs> what is what what's one word that you would use mm. to uh, encapsulate Black motherhood. One word. One, One word. word. That's hard. I know. Yes. <laughs> My second least favorite question. <laughs> One word for anything. <laughs> I have 75. And I have um, a liturgical dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I but um, I, I would have to say, if I had to choose just one right now, it would be unconditional. That, mm. to me, um, encapsulates Black motherhood. Yeah. Love it. Unconditional. Yeah. That's unconditional. good. That is good. All right. What about you, Christina? <laughs> You're up, girl. <laughs> Quite difficult. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, one word, white word. Um, persistent. Mm. Mm. Persistent might be the word I would use. Mm-hmm. And how mm. about you? Oh, okay. So unconditional. You said persistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of. I'm. I'm. It's tough. Okay, sacrificial. sacrificial. There were a couple of other ones, but I was like, no, okay, sacrificial is what comes to mind yeah. for me. So, and I know we'll probably we're gonna unpack that like we always do, you know, when we mm-hmm. uh, continue on. But okay, so now that we got unconditional, sacrificial, and we have persistent. So now as black daughters and as black mothers, Michelle and Christina, can you describe, you know, what that means for you as, as being one, as being a recipient, you know, of black motherhood and one who is a one who is actually giving that motherhood to your children? What does it mean for you to be a daughter um, and a mother, a black mother? What does that mean for for you all? I have observed in so many ways, um, just not just growing up with my mom, but watching my aunts and my cousins and friends and um, other family members, just watching them make the choice to, to show and to display affection so deep, so deeply that, um, I can almost see my mother making the choice to just hug me and say, be safe and I love you instead of, oh my gosh, don't make this decision. I'm going to freak out if I find out that anything bad happens to you. You She's sort of, (laughs) she's, she's carrying the world in her head. Um, And I think very often um, about Mary, the mother of Jesus, who pondered everything, pondered so much, so often in her heart and even had that sort of maternal um, slip up, I guess, um, I guess Jesus's response marks it as a slip up, but I can relate. Mary said to Jesus, look, man, um, you about to get in trouble, get yourself killed. Can you cool it with the son of man stuff? Because um, I'm worried about you. Mm. And Mm. I, I see the unconditional love from so many women in my life who watch not just their children um, by, by birth or adoption, but their children by mentoring or by 
church family membership, they watch them and they ponder so much in their hearts and they, they're not picking their battles. Mm -hmm. They are trusting in God. And that, that is deep. And that's what I am striving. So Christina's kids are older than mine. My kids are six and four. Mm -hmm. So I am, Mm -hmm. I'm still learning. I'm still absorbing (laughs) because look, as much as I ain't lost my baby weight, I still have not lost my <laughs> childless mentality. That's, that's <laughs> the cue. Like, oh, I still so often don't have a clue as how to be a mom. So oh, I told my hilarious. mom, you did so good raising me, my sister, and the 14 other women that call you mama. Can't you just raise my kids for me? Um and so that unconditional love is what I'm striving. I'm striving to grasp onto that, that I've seen mm. in so many of my mentors and my mom too. Mm. And what about you, Christina? Oh, so like, so I think we're looking broadly at like, hmm, being mother, having been mothered and now right. mothering someone mm-hmm. else. Later down the road, we'll talk about, you know, our own moms, but I would mm-hmm. say that I, you know, and I'd give very um, distinct honor to my own mother, but but communally, I feel like I have been mothered. I feel like I am. Um, I feel like I'm the product of women who I've met and women who I've never met. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like there's just a whole lot that has gone into shaping who I am um, from you know stories of um, my father's aunt who I never met, who was blind, but knew portions of the Bible by heart. Um, Mm. Stories Mm. of women who had been victimized, stories of the uh, last purchased slave in my family, where she was sold, Sarah Mm. is her name. Like Mm. these women I have have never met, and I may may meet them one day in glory, but um, their story of what I would say is a femininity made out of steel. have really shaped, I think, who I am. And then being mothered by the by the women in the church, the women in our community, our neighborhood, um, my teachers, I've always had phenomenal women teachers from um, early education uh, all the way up to, you know, graduate school. Um, so anyway, I just, I've just been incredibly blessed to have the wisdom of so many women speaking into my life. And it's, it's actually an expectation that I have. Like I have a I have a high expectation of women, I think, which is probably not fair, but I do. I'm kind of like, I need you to come a little bit, come up a little higher than that Um, because of uh, the incredible women who I think have spoken into my life and have provided direction as well as correction to me um, and have modeled something even more profound than what they say at times. And so as a mother, I am always, so how Michelle kind of joked about... um, how difficult that is. Like, I honestly, I think I'm much better at most. I mean, I'm, I am better at a whole lot of things besides being a mom. <laughs> like, that's yes. A lot. <laughs> so, it's, uh, so, in, so in some ways, you know, it represents what people would say is like my most important j- job or role mm-hmm. or vocational identity. So I'm a mom and I'm a wife, I'm a sister in Christ. There are many things, but it, it's, it's the one thing that I know that I'm, I'm actually not naturally good at. And so, mm. um, so people, you know, they'll say like, well, you're a woman. 
So that means you're a good mother. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Mm. And I'm like, ooh, we, sh- we shouldn't say that now. Mm, hold up. Um, we, we can only be, you know, we need, we need the spirit. We really, really need the spirit of God mm-hmm. to help us to be able to raise another human being. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just—it's an amazing task. Like, so I'm—I'm I'm at awe that the Lord allows people to have children. Like, I'm still fasting. Like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, you want so crazy, mixed up world and our broken selves? Help like, us. were you there in Genesis? Did you see? <laughs> what we did once again. Like this, the sense of humor of God is just you know, the whole textbook on how funny the Lord is because <laughs> allowing us to, to mother and to raise other people. I just, it just blows my mind. It has taught me how to pray. Um, it's taught me how to not take myself so seriously mm-hmm. um, because children can see you. I mean, like, yes. like yeah. they can really see you. Like you can fake it for a whole lot of people, but you talk to their kids, your kids can see a piece of you that no one else can see. So I mm-hmm. think, um, Anyway, so that's what I would say in terms of answering those two questions. And how about you, Mr. Kimini? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, when I think of, uh, well, I talked about that my word was sacrifice or, well, sacrificial, whatever, sacrificial mm-hmm. sacrifice. Um, and I just think about the ways that uh, my own mom, try not to go, I, I know we will talk about our mom specifically um, down the road, but uh just the way that, you know, just the sacrifice that, that comes through, you know, um, against all odds, always prioritizing, uh, you know, uh, just my well being, you know, over her own, you know, and even just thinking, uh, about even just her own concern, you know, for me, just like, like you said, Michelle, about how, you know, Mary's like, uh, can you just calm down on this son of man stuff? <laughs> you know, my mom, my mom kind of says the same thing to me, like, well, do you have to speak about racism? Cause she knows how, cause she knows how crazy racists are and they can kill you. Uh, right. You know, and so just, she's really, like <laughs> yeah, you know, and she's really, she's really scared about that, you know, um, but I, I think about, uh, just the the ways that I mean, literally, m- mothers just really put it on the line um, for their children, and and not even just my own bi- biological mom, but as you, um, Christina, had brought in it out, um, other moms. So yeah, you know, I have you know, black folks, we got play aunties, play cousins. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I think thank God, you know, and so I think that uh, naturally, I think we have a what can you say? I, I think naturally we have a a broader idea of what family is that's not mm-hmm. just confined or conscripted to the nuclear right. family right. and so I when I think about motherhood I think about my my spiritual mom I, I think about um Steph Stephanie Evans you know who has been mothering me ever since I got saved mm-hmm. you know back in 04 05 has been walking with me i called her last week. I mean, I talk to her all the time, you know, and so she knows me actually, particularly in some ways that my mom doesn't even know me, you know, um, it's particularly spiritually, right? Cause she's, she's been there. She used to have prayer meetings with me and my best friend every week, you know, for years, like somebody that is sacrifice to open up. She had four kids and, and a husband and, you know, she was designate time from about seven 30 to nine 30, 
on a Wednesday night, I think it was, and we would go to her house. Four, the, the three or four of us um, young women would just sit under her feet. We would pray together, share our lives. And so, uh, so yes, yeah, so I think about her, you know, So and I think about my auntie mom, you know, and I call her my <laughs> auntie mom because she's my aunt and she's my mom. She's my second mom, you know, and I think about the way she, you know, allowed me to move in. And live with her after graduation so I can save some money and buy my condo. That was back when I was in L.A. And, you know, and she had three boys and I was the girl. And it just was, I mean, just the love there. Rent free, mm. eat food, no, yeah, like no charge. Um, and I just think about that. So that's that's my auntie, Qual. She's in um, Pasadena. You know, and I think about, you know, just so I, I think about the ways that I've been mothered, you know, by my community. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, my extended family, all of my aunts, you know, I don't know. I don't name nobody else because people can get mad at me because <laughs> I didn't shout them out. <laughs> okay. Girl, Nigerians be getting mad. Like, you don't give them respect. I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot your name. And so, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention you. You know, but uh, but I think about, you know, I think about that. And I think about the fact that um, by God's grace, though, I don't have um, biological children. I have um, children, or not, I wouldn't say children, but people that I disciple, uh, people that I mentor, you know, and walk with and reach out to and mm -hmm. just by the spirit. Um, and, and because of what Christ has done, even if I never have biological children, I can have um, spirit wrought children uh, mm -hmm. because of the power of the gospel. And so, mm -hmm. um, and I think the God, and I, I think we would do better to actually understand how the gospel actually does take us out of our little narrow understanding of the nuclear family, you know, um, and how it looks a lot different in the kingdom. So that's what I think about that, those things and the ways that I can be pouring out even more into the mm -hmm. lives of others and pouring out my life as a drink offering. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, so I, I think, and I guess maybe my own, I think black motherhood has, uh, even before I was saved, helped to shape that understanding, like family is not just mom and dad, you know, and my sisters, it is my aunts, mm. my uncles, cousins, it's um, Stephanie on the pew at church, you know, mm. it's Miss Christie mm. who has a word for me, a word of knowledge mm. right there in that moment as mom V who's always reaching out, you know, and with a beautiful, sweet, warm hug. I mean, so that for me is just, that's a natural thing. I think just, just even culturally, um, mm -hmm. just being black. I, I think that's just something that kind of comes to us. <laughs> naturally. Um, and not, I'm not, that's not to say everybody has that experience, but, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's been my own experience with black motherhood. Mm -hmm. If that, you know, makes sense. So, Absolutely. So yeah, what about y'all? Any thoughts on that and people that have maybe mothered you, discipled you and outside of your own mothers? Yeah, you know what's interesting is I was listening to you talk with Kimmy. I was thinking mm -hmm. about the many women that I know who even now like presently speak into my life who um you know, model compassion or mm -hmm. uh, professional excellence. I mean, a variety of things who are women who they themselves do not have, um, do not have children. They're not adoptive parents and they also have, don't have biological children either. And so, um, I've just always found it amazing how God, how God can fit us to be something in the spirit that we may not be naturally. Right. Amen. And, um, That's so, right. so when I think about, you know, I can think of, People are coming to my mind right now. You know, one of my dearest friends does not have biological children. And yet she, yet from a stereotypical standpoint, she's like the most motherly woman. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and there are moments when I'm with my own my own kids, and I'm kind of like, okay, y'all, let's go, let's go. I'm kind of, I'm a bit of a drill sergeant, depending on what time of the day it is. <laughs> and you know, I'm like, get your shoes on, get your shoes on, get your shoes on, right? And um, so and, the morning. And then at night, get your pajamas on, get your pajamas on. Brush them teeth. Brush them teeth. Let's make it happen. Yeah, just kind of intense. And I'm like, I got to rest. Um, But but I I could glance over at her and she would just she would just smile at my children, like her way, (laughs) like her way of being. I was like, Mm. oh, I guess I could ask them. I could probably I could (laughs) I could probably do this. In a different way, right? So, oh, um, and so, yeah, so that just, you know, when you think about kind of these stereotypical, um, uh, this picture of a compassionate and loving and gracious and nurturing mother, I can just think of women, like I said, who do not have biological children who, yeah. who embody this. And, and that particular skill, the ability to help people, the ability to um, let someone know that you are safe in their arms yeah. affords yeah. you the Priceless. ability to be able to tell them a, tell them the truth. Amen. I mean, that's Amen. one of the reasons why you know um, these women who mother us can have so much credibility. Why we that's right. why we have to hear what they have to say, even if we don't want to. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I, like, I know that you love me. Like, so this is not, so uh, someone else, I can be like, okay, well, you're just saying this because, you know, you just want to destroy me or you're jealous mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever it might be, whatever it might be. Um, or you don't really care. But women who have deeply mothered you in love, they have bought the currency to tell you, I don't think you should go this way. Mm-hmm. They have they have mm-hmm. bought the currency to say, like, I'm not sure about that, that that person, that young man that you're dating, like they bought the currency to do that. And which is why in many ways they can, they have the ability to embody both grace and truth. When you think about mm-hmm. um, godly motherhood, uh, because they, because you know that you're, th- these are words that are from a person that's coming from a source of someone who really loves you. So um, mm. that's what comes to mind as I, as I listen to us have a conversation today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I love nice. what, I love what Christina brought out um, talking about, people who accidentally presume that all women who either have children or have spoken of loving kids must automatically know how to be great moms. Um, And I think that, (laughs) and I think that we do ourselves a disservice in not looking at the maternal giftedness of women who do not, um, who have not born children from their bodies. I mean, I think of women who have adopted all of their children, single women who have adopted children. I think of women who I watch in my own congregation, love on and converse with my kids in a way that you described, Akimini, when you said you have a spiritual mother, that you have a different relationship compared to your biological mom. You have a totally different relationship with that woman. Mm -hmm. And that is Mm -hmm. so important because Mm -hmm. mothering is a spiritual gift. It is mm-hmm. in large part directly connected not only to pastoring and exhortation, but it's connected to being able to be prophetic. It's connected to the gift mm-hmm. of discipleship, which is connected to the gift of evangelism. I mean, parenting. Um, and obviously in June, we'll be talking about this maybe from another troll perspective, but um, parenting right. itself is so much akin to 
looking to God the Father and trying as much as the Holy Spirit will guide you to do to love all God's children the way that he does. And so I I believe that we we have to begin to repent of not offering people who don't have kids who live in their homes. We have to repent of not offering them the chance to model, to reflect the, the power of God our Father in relationships in the church. And so I've been really blessed by having um, people call my kids free range. So I have two free range children who, um, <laughs> who I will say to people uh, when, when my kids, when we, my family joins this church, these children are my problem and yours. So yes, my problem primarily um, my joy primarily, but absolutely yours to share in the misery and the triumph. So I don't know how many people, my daughter has a slight allergy and I don't know how many people have come to me and said, I had to take the Twix bar from Matilda or Matilda was eating out the trash can, which I'm doing to her at home, you know, and, um, my kids will run around, talk to everyone, and it's not be- it's not so much because they have an extroverted mother, but it is because they feel safe. And Christina, you brought that out Amen. too. They feel safe in this house, and that church is their home. And so somebody, someone has been led by the Holy Spirit to model that safety for them. And hopefully as they grow up, they'll have a similar experience to mine in which that, um, that unconditional piece that again is the relational credibility to say, I love you so much that I am not going to let you leave without hearing this truth that I know God wants me to share. I love you so much that I am going to tell you something hard and maybe even a little harsh because I love you. And so we do have these opportunities to experience and to offer unconditional love. I will never judge the people who inform me of their mistakes because I count it as an honor that they would be so vulnerable as to believe, as to trust that my love for them is stronger than their failures. And that reminds me of the God who is our father, the God who does love us and treat us as a mother does. That's, that's been a really big blessing for me. That's good. That's good. You know, um, I, uh, thank you for sharing that. I was thinking about, uh, you know, just thinking about black motherhood and what came to mind was, I remember this quote and I'm not, I don't remember it verbatim, but, um, that Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote in, uh, between the world and me. And he talks about how, I think he's talking about black parents, black parents love their children with a sort of obsession with this obsession Mm -hmm. you know and so oftentimes you know when uh children are being spanked it's because we're like look we know that there is there are there's this big bad world out there you know who uh who has demon that that demonizes your blackness and so so we 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 do that because we're like we don't want you to fall into the hands of somebody else who might want to kill you right and so Mm -hmm. but what i hear you talking about is that you love your your children's so very deeply that you allow them 
to be free range, right? Mm -hmm. To be free in a place that's safe, not just anywhere, right? Right. (laughs) You know, because this world is cold, but you know, in in a safe place, and that safe place for you is the church, which is amazing because a lot of people would be like, oh, that's the last place, you know, where I will let my children be free. But, but you're like, this is very opposite, which is, I think is what that is. That is what, that's a foretaste of what it should be like or what, what it will be like, I should say, in the new heavens and the new earth. And I think that's just very beautiful because at the end of the day, you're preparing your, your children to fly free, to, to, to actually fly from the nest, you know, and so you're preparing them, you know, to actually stand on their own two feet. And so I think it's just wonderful that, that your love for them expresses itself um, by way of freedom, you know, because, you know, this, this is kind of the age. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that sounds really familiar. Well, well. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, just in the age of helicopter parents, you're thinking about man, like they 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 love their so their children so much that they restrict them and they bind them, you know. But that's not real love because there's no fear in love, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that I yeah, I just thought that was really really beautiful. Um, and so what I do have I, something that did come to mind is what would you say for maybe women out there that are like, man, I feel inadequate as a mom. I suck. Mm. I'm not a good mother. Um, do you have, you know, because yes. y'all, y'all did mention, important. yeah, that's important yeah. because I don't, I don't, because I, I hear that um, undercurrent oftentimes from a lot of moms. And I don't know if it's just something that comes with motherhood right after you pop that baby out. It's like, I suck. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm really wondering, like, is there, do you have a word of encouragement or, or, or that you can, maybe give to some of our listeners who feel really inadequate as mothers or really feel like they are not good moms. Um, yeah. So any, any, any thoughts from y'all on that? Yeah. Mm. Come on, Dr. Edmondson. We know that's a Christina, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, I just, I wonder about that. Yeah. I mean, I guess in one way it is, but you know, I think this sense of deep inadequacy, I mean, we can, there are a couple of things we can do with that feeling of deep inadequacy, right? We can, mm-hmm. we can feed it and we can make it um, our identity, what what we're not, or we yes. can allow it to point us to, to who is fully sufficient, right? And so I think it's wise to recognize that we are inadequate in and of ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it's all good. That's the mm-hmm. truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it does point me to who is the source of, of all power, all love, all dignity, um, yes. all truth. And it makes me dependent. And also, you know, the way that I have grown to look more and more at parenting is as an opportunity to give grace. Um, and so I, yeah. You know, I, I apologize to my children multiple times a week about something. That's powerful. That's powerful. Um, just, just to be able to say to them, like, you know what? I, I should have been slower to speak to you. Because um, mm. it's true. Because, like, sometimes I'm, I just think that, you know, I can read my children's minds and I know why they did what they did. But the truth is, you know, I'm not omniscient. I don't, I can't, I really, I mean, I I may have a mother's kind of a mother's intuition and I feel like I know my children, but the boldness to say like, I know exactly why you do everything you do. Come on. I mean, come on, come on. And so um, plus I want to model for them that your mother is a woman who desperately needs God's grace. I think they know that. Mm. <laughs> I think they should know that by now. <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, my mama needs Jesus. 
<laughs> That's great. To say, but yeah, but also to say to them, like, you know, your mom needs Jesus and you need Jesus too. And guess what? Jesus has availed himself by his blood to us. Amen. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that's really what I would say to the folks who feel, um, you know, once that oxytocin in the brain drops down after you have a baby, and then they're that's like, so right. What, right. Once that happens, you know, I want them to to know that like, yeah, let, let that sense of I'm not worthy point you to who is worthy, you know, Amen. and mm-hmm. um, God is, God is there to, to make us new and to make all things new, including our relationship with our children. Yeah. Mm, that's good. As well you? as our relationships with the people who, who have made us right. You know, so much of our inadequacy or the experience of inadequacy comes from maybe having um, the perfect mom, or it may mm. come from, having a mother with whom we will, we feel we will never reconcile. And Mm. I believe it's so important for us to speak into, again, the spiritual opportunities that the Lord offers people to be resilient, um, persistent, sacrificial, unconditional, constantly giving. I, I believe that it's important for us to remember that we are actually crazy messed up people trying to reflect the God who mm-hmm. has redeemed us and is continuing to sanctify us. And so it is a beautiful, although bittersweet opportunity um, for us to talk really plainly and openly about some of the people in our lives who don't have that loving connection to the mother that bore them, yes, or maybe yes. the people in our lives who will never know the mother that bore them and they've been received and loved into an adoptive home, but there is a pain connected. When my friends talk about the children they've adopted, they talk about the deep sadness that they have to go through before they can reach the joy of bringing Mm -hmm. a child into their home because they know that that baby was meant by God to be a source of joy and um, really enriched relationship. Uh, We call it interdependence in our world here, Um, but a testimony of interdependence as family. And that baby was born to be that, not just for the adoptive family, but for their bio family. And so there's a lot to unpack and to grieve in broken relationships. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of the redeeming and resurrecting power of Jesus is that he can take that relationship with your mama, that relationship (laughs) that is dead or the relationship with your mama that you wish you could lay hands on. And I don't mean with olive oil. Right. Jesus is able to take that and to bring your expectations. Now I got to quote Dr. Edmondson here. Jesus is able to take that and to bring your expectations of humans down to a human level. So that you can know that God's expectations are the only ones that should reach that God level in your life. And so he offers us forgiveness through our spiritual mothers. He offers us redemption through our spiritual children. And so I would encourage women who feel inadequate as mommies and who feel broken, forgotten, and even despised as daughters Mm. to Mm. see that God stands before you as your mom and your dad. And he has sent the power to actually reinvigorate 
those very relationships that maybe even you were hoping to turn into a God and human relationship. He wants you to see that as a human to human relationship and to let go love and even to forgive because both parties are just as broken and in need of him. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I know that this is a really, um, you know, it is a sensitive subject for those who have um, a very uh, fraught relationship uh, with their mothers um, or don't have one at all, or maybe their mother is no longer here. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's, it can be a very difficult um, subject. And, and I, I just, there is a word that I would like to give to, to you, to those who are in that place. And it comes from Psalm 56, um, verse 8. Um, you have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? And so I know for me, I've, that's been a comforting text for me to remember that mm. God sees me. I, I, that's a, a, a reoccurring theme in my life being seen by God. Um, cause I often feel unseen by so many people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so he sees you, he can't, he keeps count of your tossings and your tears, like, mm-hmm. and he knows the reason behind every single one of them. And he's keeping them as almost like a memorial, you know, remembering wow. that. And I, I, I just want to give strong support to those who are really struggling. Um, even with maybe who are maybe even crying at this point, um, from listening to this this episode, um, who don't, who maybe don't have the experiences that we have, who maybe who might not be moms, um, who who are daughters but are despised as as um, Michelle said, and I I, I just want to give strong support and let you know that um, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout all the earth, seeking someone to show Himself strong to, mm-hmm. and. You are that person right now in that moment. And I, I just I want you to know that God cares um, and that he he speaks. Jesus actually speaks of himself as a mother hen longing to gather, you know, his chicks. Um, and, and so uh, press in, you know, to that reality. Um, and you know what? I, I do feel led to close us in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because I know that this can be a tough, a, a tough subject for so many. Um, so, Father. I thank you uh, for being a good God. I thank you that you you know what we need and that you use just creative imagery to to meet us um, at the very point of our need, at the very point of our pain and our suffering, oh God. And I thank you that you you often liken yourself to a mother um, and, and you talk about the way that you nurture and you care for your children, oh God. And I, I do pray for those who don't have that experience of um, having a loving bond between their biological mom or, or don't have maybe biological children but yet desire that I just pray oh God that that by the power of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit would just wrap the arms his arms of comfort around those who are mourning around those who are um, dreading maybe Mother's Day those who are anxious about it and those who are still in mm. deep deep pain um, behind hurt familial hurt um, 
behind their relationship with their mother. I just pray, oh God, that the the power of the gospel, oh God, would uh, compel them, oh God, to draw nearer to you. And I pray, oh Holy Spirit, that you um, would just continue to to keep them in your care uh, and 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 draw them close and bring mothers into their lives, bring aunts, yes, bring Lord. church mothers, um, bring yes. sisters um, who can who can be like mothers to them, and bring daughters, spiritual daughters, mm-hmm. biological daughters into their lives, oh God, so that they can pour out um, themselves. I know that suffering has an inward inertia, God, and I just pray, oh God, that you would help them uh, to look to you, oh God, for for the refreshing that they need so that they can pour out their lives like a drink offering, just as Jesus Christ did, oh God. So I just pray for them. We pray for strong support for them. And I pray, Father, for the mothers um, who feel inadequate, God. I pray, Father, that they would embrace that inadequacy and run to the adequate one, the one who is more than enough, oh God, the exalted one, Jesus Christ. Um, And I do pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So... um, Thank you for sharing, you know, your own experience as Black daughters, Black mothers. Uh, I hope it was helpful uh, for our listeners. And and I want to thank our listeners for listening and hanging in there with us in this episode, because I know it can be it can be either a joyful um, time or it can be a very painful time. So we thank you for tuning in and listening and taking a seat with us at the table this week. So let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts um, about Black motherhood or being a daughter. Um, You can use the hashtag Truths Table. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Truths Table or email us your thoughts at asktruthstable at gmail.com. Now don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on the Satchel Podcast Player. Uh, Truth's Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth's Table. Bye.